All right, this is uh, Rick Big Vito. We're gonna try now here to do uh, from ages eight to 12. Now this is when I was living in Wellsville. Uh, it was kind of a rough town. I went to high school there. I graduated. I went from pretty much third grade to uh, senior year there. Well, actually junior year there. I, I stopped going there and I went to a tech school, but we'll get into that later. Um, eight to 12, pretty good years. Uh, I had lots of money in those years. I was living with my mother for a while at 18th Street. My parents got a divorce, that didn't go so well. I went and actually, about nine, I went and lived with my grandfather and grandmother. And uh, had a good time doing that. Uh, my grandparents had a lot of money. My grandparents gambled a lot. My grandfather gambled a lot. Now this is on my father's side. They gambled a lot and always had big buckets of change laying around. They always said, if you ever want any money, just go in there and get it. So I'd go in there and grab hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And this was when uh, minimum wage is about a buck and a half. You know, maybe a buck 75 at the most. Whenever I started working, it was $1.85. And this was in 87. You know, so I mean, it was, it was crazy. It jumped up to 235 and I was like, oh my God, look at all this money I'm making now. Oh man. But uh, I'd go in there and I'd grab 15, 20 bucks a night. We'd go out and buy beer and quaaludes. I loved quaaludes. I loved quaaludes. And Friday night videos, Saturday night videos, I'd go out there and do that on the weekends. Buy a fistful of quaaludes, 150s, 200 milligrams. So I started drug at a young age, unbeknownst to my parents and grandparents. Because they just left me alone. You know, my dad was never around. He was always womanizing, and he was a big gambler. He was always at the racetrack and playing poker at different, you know, different places. I remember one time, it was my last Easter. It was going to be my last Easter, and uh, they decided to do it up for me. Now, let's skip ahead here. This is, I was about, I was about 11. I was living with my grandparents. This is going to be my last Easter. So they decided not to do bunnies and crazy shit like that. They went with boobs, naked women chocolate. They found a chocolatier that did naked women. Hey, who don't like naked women, you know? So, uh, it was going to be my last Easter. Instead of having a good Easter, uh, cops came down and uh, brought my dad's bloody shirt. Said, your dad's going to need a new shirt. We got him in jail. I answered the door. So I went and grabbed my dad a new shirt. Told my grandpa, my grandfather, George, ran down to the police station in his fucking underwear. In his, in his boxers, went down there and said, you let my son go. I, I don't know what he said, but from what I heard my dad tells me, when my dad tells me the story, because obviously, you know, I was like 11 and didn't go to jail with my grandpa in his underwear, but he went down there and he told him, you let my, you let my goddamn son out of there right now. We're going to have some trouble. And my grandpa usually meant business when he said something like that. I mean, to get down there in his underwear. <laughs> to the police station and by God they let him out and what my dad did is he went and dropped my grandfather off at home and he went looking for the two guys that jumped him and hit him in the head with a beer bottle and uh, he found him he beat the shit out of him my dad's one thing about my dad I remember being about nine and I was playing baseball well you know I hated baseball they forced me to play my parents did they said I needed structure and break out the anxiety and the energy that I had. And if I got out there and played a team sport, I wanted to play football. But they wouldn't let me play football. They wanted me to play baseball. So I went and played fucking baseball. Hated it, played it for three years, hated it. 
Needless to say, it ended when the coach called me a retard. Did it in front of my dad. We won the game. What happened was, I've always been sensitive to light. And I usually always wear, I always wear sunglasses. If you ever see me, my friends make jokes about me because I have sunglasses in the top of my head all the time. And they used to usually make Italian jokes about me. You know, my, my bandana, my barrette, my hairband, my Italian hairband, all kinds of crazy shit like that. Anyway, I'm, uh, I've always got sunglasses on. Well, in this day, I dropped the ball. Ball came at me. I was in center field, right field, whatever. Went for the ball, went up, sun directly in my eyes, could not see, dropped the ball. Coach runs out, calls me a retard. I picked the ball up, you know, and threw it to the base. Can't remember what happened under the coach called me a retard. My dad grabbed a hold of that coach, beat the holy hell out of him, threw him on the hood of his car, and beat him unrelentlessly in front of children. That's just the way my dad was. You know, that's kind of the way I am. I'm retired from all that as I am 50 now. But you're going to hear lots of stories about me beating folks. I have done it quite a bit. I remember one time at, uh, I was about, I was about 10 years old and I was playing with a buddy of mine and, uh, we lived down the street from some train tracks and they never went, trains never went down there. They dropped off at a local pottery is what they did and they'd dump out clay and lead and, uh, we thought I, I, I worked that pottery is how I know this now, but they would dump stuff. And they'd rarely go down there. Well, I thought it'd be a gas to get down there and uh, throw a brick through the window of the train. So me and a buddy of mine, BJ, we did just that. We thought we were geniuses. We went out the front door, walked down, threw a big brick through the window of the train. Train stopped. We ran around the train. Short train, we ran around the train, ran up, climbed in the window of my bedroom, and pretended we'd been playing Atari. Now, let me tell you what didn't work about that. There was a light snowfall, and us geniuses left tracks. So they went, of course, to the window, and the guy knocked on the window and seen what happened, seen we were little kids in their playing, so he went and knocked on the front door and told my grandpa what happened. Grandpa came in, was not thrilled, especially since there was evidence leading right to the door and the window. So, of course, cops were called. And I had a big thing, a big pension for catching things on fire, too. I used to love to catch things on fire. One New Year's, I decided to catch a fire hydrant on fire. <laughs> Don't know why. But it was a New Year's Eve, and I went out and I took all my school papers, which, again, was a stroke of genius. And uh, I believe this is like 82, I took all kinds of boxes and everything, and I soaked them with lighter fluid, you know, for the charcoal lighter fluid, and, you know, I soaked all the boxes and everything, and I took my school papers to light it. Of course, when the cops came and seen it on fire, they came and sprayed out the fire extinguisher and looked and seen it, ah, and they see my old full name, came and knocked on the window, we had an answer, so they went to my grandfather's bar, Grandpa came down, kicked my ass, you know, little stuff like that I used to do. I was a criminal, but sometimes I just wasn't a very bright one. But I learned. Now, I'm 50 years old. Going to be 51 here in June. Um, I've never been charged with a full crime. Any crimes I did have have been wiped clean. I better not say any more about that. I don't have any crimes on my, on my record. I have no crimes. 
I'm a clean man. I'm nothing. Um, you may find that hard to believe, but it's the truth. I've been close, but I've never gotten in trouble. I've danced that line, but I've never crossed it. See, George Carlin said it best. And it defines me pretty well. He said, I was not the class clown. I was the class comedian. Now, the class clown is the guy that goes on with a thousand clothespins on his nipples and runs naked through the last, I think it was a football game, the homecoming game, the coldest game of the year. Now, that's a class clown. I was not the class clown. I was the class comedian. I was the guy that told the class clown to go do that. Now, George Carlin said that. I always thought that described me well. Because I was, you know. That was me. That was me down to a science to a T. And another thing I did, I remember I ran around with a buddy of mine. We hung out at a pizza shop that his mother and him owned. And uh, he was a great guy. He was the best friend of mine. He was the best man in my first wedding. He was my best friend through my whole life. We uh, got pictures of us hanging out in cribs. Unfortunately, he died of lung cancer, which just boggles my mind because he never smoked. Even when we were little kids and we were rebelling against everything, I couldn't get him to even smoke a joint. Could not. He'd be like, he'd eat it. He'd make brownies. He'd, he just wouldn't smoke. But we were both security guards and we worked nuclear power plant. And he used to tell me one time, he'd say, hey man, you ought to go in that spent rod room. I'm like, no, no, no. He'd go, it's crazy in there. He's like, everything has, it's just a bizarre glow. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to go in there, dude. And I know better than that. And uh, I honestly think that's what killed him. You know, I mean, it was years later, but I mean, he's winning there all the damn time and tell me, how, tell me how it looked. And I just really wanted to know part of that. You know, I mean, it just, whoa. You know, I mean, I, I was a nuclear child growing up. I mean, I grew up in the video age, you know. So did he, and you thought he'd have known better. But I mean, you know, I mean, watch the video by Devo, Worried Man, you know. You know, I don't know what to say, but I mean, he was my best friend, and I lost him very young. And uh, him and I, one thing him and I did is uh, we didn't have the internet to screw around with and we didn't have cell phones. So we had to cause other problems. Now we found out there was a stuff called miner's lamp. The miners used to put it in, it was called calcium carbide is what it's called. And I'm pretty sure you can't find it anywhere now. And what they used to do with it is they put it in miner's helmets. And they'd look, you know, coal miners. And they'd go and they'd look. You know, they use it to light their miners' helmets. But what they'd also do with it is go on fishing. They'd go fishing with it. They'd take it and they'd put it in a little bit of water. And they'd put it in a bottle. And they'd slam it down somewhere in a pond. And that sucker would react to that water. And man, that stuff would blow the hell up. And what we used to do with it is we'd take it and put it in two liter plastic bottles. And we'd put like two or three rocks of it in there. And uh, me and my buddy Pat... And he did it more than I did. I was more about throwing it and getting the hell rid of it away from me. And he'd take two liter bottles of plastic. And he'd put a little in it and he'd put half a glass of water in it put the lid back on it. And these things would just grow. The two liter bottles would just bizarrely twist. And sometimes they'd pop the top. One time he decided he was going to take the lid off of it because he wanted that shape. And as he did it, it exploded. And I think he got like 15 stitches. I mean, it just messed him up. 
And that's when he said, I'll never mess with that stuff again. And we used to buy it at a feed store that's no longer in that town. And uh, they were happy to sell it because they'd been sitting on the, you know, in the, on, in the store for probably 40 years. I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't know what the hell they're selling to kids. They weren't saying, you guys ain't fishing with this, are you? I was like, oh, God, no. You know, we're blowing shit up. No reason is a science experiment. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, miners' helmets. Oh, wow, that's cool. That showed me one. Oh, yeah, we'll bring it in. Never brought it in. We bought probably 10 boxes off that old dude. We are just doing nothing but causing trouble with it. Making explosions. and Another thing we did, and him and I got kicked out of school, and I thought my dad was going to kill me, is we uh, stink-bombed the school. And uh, we had these little vials. I'm, people still do it, I'm sure. We had these little vials we took and we, we stink-bombed the school. And that was hilarious because nobody knew who did it and somebody rolled us over and told on us. And I still talk to the kid all the time. He lives 600 miles away from me. Him and I are good friends. I still talk about, oh, you little, you little punk. You rolled me over. And I'd go tell my dad. Now, all my friends got grounded and, oh, you're not allowed to do this. You're grounded for a month. And I went and told my dad. He was sitting at the bar, the family bar, and... I went up there and I said, oh my God, my dad's just going to kill me. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do. And I went up and I said, Dad, here, you got to read this. And I was waiting for just a backhand or a punch in the mouth, you know. And I figured, oh, buddy, you've had it, man. You're just, you're done. I handed this note to my dad and he read it and he started laughing. He goes, I did the same thing when I was your age. I said, seriously? He goes, yeah. I said, am I grounded? He goes, hell no. He says, go do what you want. Just stay the hell away from the school. You know, I mean, my grandparents spoiled me. They bought me a moped at like 10. You know, I mean, I had anything I wanted. I had anything I wanted. I'd take that moped camping with me, and then they told me not to no more because I was the only kid out there with the moped, and everybody was jealous. And uh, they told me not to bring it no more, and so I had to take it home, which is cool. I was riding it around, and I loved that moped. And I was the only kid in town that had one for a while, and then everybody started trying to get better ones than me, but they couldn't. I had, I had, a, I had a, mine was disco, man. It was shit. Yeah, well, and then I decided I was going to do my thing. Everybody's running around wearing upside-down crosses, and I decided I was going to be a good Catholic boy instead of doing the upside-down crosses thing. I went punk, you know? I just say, hey, man, I like this music better. You guys listen to your King Diamond and all that, and, and uh, I just, I don't know. It was cool. Venom was okay, and... You know, all that other stuff. But I just like punk rock, man. I still listen to it every now. Dead Kennedys and all that. I still do. I still jam. I'll be like 85 years old. Tell my grandma, yeah, this is this is called too drunk to fuck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I got in a lot of trouble. I was always kicked out of school. I was always doing something. And uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I did. I foiled a bank robbery one time. Me and my buddy Pat. And that was probably whenever I was 12. Um, we had to deal with the FBI outside my house for, for days. We caught the guy in the library. What it was is every day we'd go to my grandma's house on my mother's side. And she made this gardenia salad, this little Italian salad. And, and she'd pickle it and pepper it and stuff like that. And it was hot with uh, celery and carrots and all that. And it was really good stuff. And... Uh, We'd get on there and we'd grab a milkshake at school and then we'd get on there and eat that stuff. And my grandma had a scanner and they said, oh, this bank was just robbed. I was like, wow, that's something. You know, we had like a 45-minute lunch break. 
and uh, me and my buddy Pat, we went down there to, to my grandma's house, and we're thinking about it, and we just, I don't know why, but we had to go to the library that day. We went in there, and there was this little nervous, forgive me, but it was this little nervous black guy. And uh, we just looked at him, the guy was just weird. He was just, there's all these kids in there, and this guy was just way out of place. You know, this is a small town. There's like everybody knows everybody in this town. And this guy just did not belong. And uh, he went back and he looked in the books. And it was like he was fidgeting with a book. And he put something in the book. And we left and didn't think nothing of it until he walked down the tracks and took off his coat and threw it in the riverbank. So Pat and I went back to the office and told him to call the cops. We called the cops from the office. And uh, they went and got the coat and that was the guy. So they went, closed off the library, searched all the books, and they found like $20,000. The guy had more. They never did catch the guy, but the guy escaped with like $35,000. And he put half, they, they closed down the library and searched all the damn books. That guy was in the table. I mean, they recovered the money. We had to talk to the FBI. They were stationed outside my house for a while. I mean, they searched the riverbank. They searched everywhere. It was crazy. That town was lit up. It was nuts, man. And that was probably one of the wildest things I've ever done was uh, foiled a bank robbery. And it was just because I was looking out. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, just my buddy and I. And that's probably why we both wanted to get into law enforcement later in life. And we only each made it as far as security guards. <laughs> and uh, but we really, I made it to a private investigator. I was a private investigator for a while. And that was fun. But it was boring as hell. A lot of sitting around, laying around, watching, videotaping, pretending to be somebody you're not, going to court, lying. It was stupid. But I'll get into that a little bit later. That's, that was more whenever I was 18 to 20. So, anyway, um, that was about it. I ran around with some famous people. I ran around with um, one of the guys, BJ. He actually filled in for one of the Misfits one time. He actually played with the Misfits. And my buddy Frankie, he um, uh, became Killjoy, who was in necrophagia. He actually passed away a couple of years ago. He was a good guy. Um, yeah, he was the lead singer for necrophagia for many years. He was somebody we knew was going to get famous. He was the president of his class senior year. He was uh, the high school medal. He put out a paper, heavy metal grind, I think he called it. And... Uh, Shit, man, I sold a senior picture for a hundred bucks because <laughs> it had his autograph on it. Like, I can't do that. And he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. I'm like, Are you kidding me? I can't do that. This is a senior picture, man. He's like, We well, might as well because I'm going to steal it off of you anyway. I'm like, all right, I'll sell it to you. He's like, I can't believe it. I sold a senior picture for a hundred bucks. <clears throat> but all right, I got this at about 20 minutes, so I'm going to let you go. That's 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 ages eight to 12. Um, like I said, I dealt with the police a lot. I got in a lot of trouble. Um, got in some trouble anyway. Foiled a robbery. Recovered some money. There was no reward. I suck. Should have kept the money myself. That's what I should have done. Just went and recovered that money and shot my damn mouth. And Pat and I could have split it and hell, bought a lot of candy. I don't know. <laughs> bought a lot of beer is what I would have bought. Grew up drinking Pat's Blue Ribbon and if I drank today, that's still what I'd be drinking. I don't drink anymore, but I used to love the Paps Blue Ribbon. All right, that's the end of this one. I'm going to label this, and hopefully somebody listens to it. Thank you for listening, and uh, you have a great day. Goodbye.